Hey, sorry to bother you. Uh, is there any chance you sell tires? Is it normal for our bar to sell tires? Well, no, but... <sighs> okay, good, because I was afraid we were the only bar without tires. Well, this place is called Standard Supply Ale and Dried Goods, and I thought that tires, like, might count as dried goods. I think dried goods refers to stuff like peanuts and pretzels you'd eat with a beer. But I'm not sure if that's right, because we don't have any of that stuff either. All right. Well, is there somewhere nearby I can get tires? I blew out all of mine on that huge crack in the road outside. You could try the tire store next door. Oh, I already bought some there. And then I got back on the road and all my tires suddenly popped again at the exact moment I drove into the crack. Maybe next time you should drive on the sidewalk to be extra safe. I'd love to, but they said they won't sell me any more tires. Apparently, there's a seven-tire limit per customer in this neighborhood. It seems there's a mysterious problem with the roads that's popping more tires than usual. Hmm. Sounds like you need one more tire. Or you need a three-wheeled car. Maybe I just need to try another neighborhood. Well, there's a five-tire limit citywide right now. You're just lucky that the people of Little Canada graciously voted to raise the neighborhood limit to seven. And besides, even if a shop was willing to violate the limits, you probably still couldn't get any. They're sold out nearly everywhere. The tires you got from the store next door was probably their entire shipment for the next few months. Months? By the time they restock, I can just learn to make my own tires. That won't be necessary. I can sell you a tire, but it's going to cost you. Boss! When the tire shortage began, I noticed a business opportunity. So you stocked up on tires before the quotas began? No, no, no. I stole a tire swing from a playground. But how will the children play and live their carefree lives of ease? They won't. They'll learn a necessary lesson about hard work. There's no free tires in this life. Can I have a free one? No. I'm going to tell you the same thing I told those small and feeble children. If you want a tire, you have to do backbreaking manual labor in my bar slash music venue. So you're saying I'll get paid in tires instead of money? It might be legal to pay children that way, but I think you have to pay adults in real money. And did you say working in the bar is backbreaking? I broke my back pouring a beer a couple of years ago, but it's better now. And to be fair, it was a really big beer. One of those German boot ones. If it's money you want, I'm sure you can get a job in one of this neighborhood's many other fine establishments. But if you need a tire... Okay, I guess I'll go somewhere else. Later. It's my dream to pour beers for customers, but when you chase them all away, it seems like my dreams can never come true. That wasn't a customer. That was just some poor, stupid bastard looking to score a free tire. I suppose you're right. As a humble bartender, I know only about fat tire beers and arrogant bastard ales. I suppose I could never understand a normal bastard seeking a normal tire. That's right. Now get back to polishing that dusty pint glass with a rag for all eternity. <sighs> just like Sisyphus when he worked at that bar before he got his boulder rolling dream job. Maybe it sounds dumb, but the story of the pretty dim wonder feels like it stretches back for all eternity. And maybe it does. But for me, I guess it began in Chicago's historic Little Canada neighborhood, the only five-block stretch in the States that swears allegiance to the Queen. The neighborhood's impartial politics are respected by diffident moderate liberals around the world. On the 150th anniversary of the Civil War, a ballot referendum was held to decide whether, hypothetically, Little Canada would have fought for the Union or the Confederacy. In a landslide, voters decided that they would have supplied both sides with an equal amount of weapons and ammunition so as not to offend anyone. 
And please note that we would not have sent any troops. That's because of our peace-loving nature. The last violent crime to take place in the neighborhood was nearly 25 years ago, when somebody was mean to a cashier and used a rude word in anger. When the angry customer came back to apologize, he tripped on his shoelace and accidentally bumped into the cashier, knocking out her front tooth. The cashier was an uninsured recent immigrant from Ontario, and it cost her $100,000 to get the tooth repaired. She understood it to be the price of a better life in the States. Despite the neighborhood's friendly reputation, there's been a bit of a rift lately. Not like an ideological rift, but more like an actual crack in the ground running straight down the entirety of the neighbor's main thoroughfare, Drake Avenue. And just as the road was deteriorating, there was another kind of rift forming. Not like a crack in the ground, an ideological rift. Because a fancy new music venue was opening up across the street from the one where I worked, Standard Supply Ale and Dry Goods. This new corporate venue, Cube, spelt like Quebec without the C, was a major blow against our efforts to preserve the local character of historic Little Canada. And so that rift between the corporate guys and the little guys was related to the other rift, the one in the pavement. Because, of course, Cube opened up right across Drake Avenue from our humble bar with the crack in the road serving as some kind of metaphor or dividing line right down the middle. With all the new traffic Cube was likely going to bring to the neighborhood, fixing the street became a hot-button issue. Efforts were made to repair it repeatedly, but it seemed to have a will of its own, splitting open almost as soon as it was fixed again. But in those early days, people were not so concerned yet. They were simply ignoring it. We all thought, basically, that if we just ignore it, it'll go away. Okay, maybe I can make it home with just three tires. It's only about a thousand miles. As long as I stay alert, I think I can figure out how to drive sort of diagonally without hitting anything. Look, Dan, that's the same guy who came into the bar earlier. He's just fallen into the crack again. The city is trying to call it a pothole, even though it's like it's like five kilometers long. I think if they classify it that way, it looks cheaper to fix on paper. <laughs> Look at this stupid loser bastard. He's trying to back out of it. And oh, and now he did a 180 and he's got the other tires stuck. Oh, my God. And he's, he's still slamming the gas. I think he's trying to ignore it and hope it goes away. Oh, pathetic. His only dream was to drive his car home, and now that dream has become a nightmare. Has it, Nika? I think so. (laughs) Well, honestly, as he was trying to reverse his way out, I was hoping he would veer out of the sidewalk across the street and slam into Cube, and I was hoping his car would explode and destroy it forever. Oh, yeah. That would have solved a lot of problems for us. Someone really needs to blow that place up. If it happens by accident, sure. I meant on purpose. I'd do it myself if it was legal, which it should be. But since it isn't, I have another plan. You know I was playing poker yesterday? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, most days before that? Yeah, well, there's a lot of money in poker when you win at it. Okay. Are you going to hire an arsonist with your poker winnings? Hmm. Could be cool to have an arsonist for the bar. They could do pyrotechnics for our live shows and make fancy cocktails that you set on fire. And then no one would suspect them of destroying all our enemies in a veil of flame. But that's not my plan. I think instead we could use the money to hire bartenders and stuff. We could pay them in real money instead of tires and IOUs. Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to complain, but last week I was paid entirely in empty beer cans. So 
Those are worth five cents each if you recycle them, you know. Even so, how does it help us to have more bartenders if we still don't have any customers? This is why I'm an entrepreneur and you're a lowly sound guy at a failing venue. Which you own. You own the venue. Right. But anyway, we're not just going to hire a million bartenders willy-nilly. We're going to hire them in a different way. Whatever word is opposite of willy-nilly. That's how we're doing it. We're going to start by finding a social media guy who can promote us on the internet. When people see our funny content, like a picture of beer and the text says how it tastes good, but in like a funny way, you know, they'll start giving us likes and retweets willy-nilly. And then they'll have to visit the bar to check it out. Do you, do you think that'll be enough to compete with Cube? Look, they might have a brand new state-of-the-art facility and all the connections in the world and what is essentially an unlimited supply of money, but we have something their fancy operation can never take away from us. A little bit of money. Okay, okay. But before we hire too many new people, it, it would be nice if I could get the regular minimum wage instead of the tip minimum. Because most people don't realize they're expected to tip the sound guy, so pretty much no one does. Plus, we only book like one show a month. And most people don't realize the pint glass near the sound booth is a tip jar. So sometimes it gets bust. And, and once a beer got poured into it, and some guy drank all of the pennies at the bottom, and the only way we avoided a lawsuit was by telling him that copper and zinc are a key part of a healthy diet. Well, it's true. If you spent more time eating pennies, maybe you'd bulk up and qualify for a real job, like bouncer. Anyway, you don't need to worry. Once we crush those bastard lowlifes at Cube, we'll be raking in the cash. Without a fancy corporate venue to play, all those big name artists will be begging to play our stage. Yeah, unless they want to play uh, one of the many other quality venues in town. But hopefully they'll be too lazy to look for other options. These Cube guys think they're Chicago's version of the Canadian Tire Center. But if you ask me, the people are tired of them being the center of attention. Hmm. All right. Hey there. Can I get you a drink? Sure. I'm here for a job. Well, drinking is hardly a job. Mainly because drinking from 9 to 5 every day is super fun, and working a job is not. No, I mean I'm here because I got hired as a new bartender. I'm Charles, by the way. Hmm. Well, I'm Raina, and I'm the bartender, I think, so there must be some mistake. Well, sometimes bars will have more than one bartender. That's probably what's going on here. The capacity sign on the wall says this place can serve like 120 people. I've got to imagine that's stressful serving that many people by yourself on a busy weekend. I think that sign is wrong or outdated because I've never seen more than five people in here. But thanks for pointing it out. I'll change it to say five. Wait, maybe we can try to get more customers in here instead so you don't have to change it. Wow. That's not a bad idea, but how are we going to do that? By hiring a social media manager. That's how. Did you hear our conversation from outside? Yeah, there's a pretty big hole in the front door if you haven't noticed. Ugh, I'll try to get that fixed soon. Anyway, Charles is our new bartender. We need him to start as soon as possible. We're going to have lots of customers coming in once we hire a great social media manager. Can I at least be the boss of the bartenders? Sure, you're the senior bartender. Charles can be the junior bartender. Okay, all junior bartenders are required to report to work for the early shift at 5 a.m. Well, the sign says this place opens at noon. Someone needs to get here early to chill the beer so it's ice cold for the customers. Can't the fridge do that? And the kegs? Oh, I forgot to tell you. You also need to be here at 2 a.m. every night to take all the beer out of the fridge so that you can put it back in the next morning. We're not paying the fridge to keep the beers cold. 
That's your job. Reyna, stop being needlessly vindictive. It's the boss's job to be vindictive. Now go run some errands for me. I need my driver's license renewed. If they ask to take a new photo, just hold my old driver's license up to the camera. I don't want to. You know there was a time when a boss could kill an insubordinate employee like you? And it wasn't just legal, it was encouraged. The threat of death is a good incentive for employees to do their job. I understand how that could be convenient for a boss. Hey, uh... My car just randomly broke down outside your bar, and all my tires popped, and I was hoping it would just go away if I ignored it. That makes sense. That's how the human body works. I don't see why a car would be different. You again? How dare you show your face here after turning down my generous job offer? Wait, Nika, maybe he's just here because he's thirsty. We have some ice-cold beer ready to go for the right customer. Okay, sure. Better make it a double. Wait, am I working right now? Just shut up and pour. Okay. I am pouring the beer right now, as everyone can see. You came in for a beer? But what about your car troubles? Let me be honest with you. I just like to feel good all the time, and drinking a beer feels much better than dealing with my problems. Ooh, I hate to break it to you, but life is almost all bad. And you have to deal with your problems instead of feeling good, even though things usually go wrong in the end anyway. Shouldn't you be happy I'm spending money at your bar? Look, I'm trying to run a bar, not swindle deadbeats out of three bucks as I take the easy street to feeling good all the time, all right? Look, don't worry about her. I just want to feel good all the time, too. She's the fucked up one for wanting other stuff, like getting rich and making money. If it wasn't for my business, you wouldn't have a job. What would you do without me? You'd starve to death in the street like a dog. Dogs like to feel good all the time, too, so that would be a dignified death for me. Man, this pint glass has a hole in it. Uh Uh-oh. Are you mad? No, I just tweeted a picture of it and said, just drank some awful beer, and it got almost 20 likes. What? That's incredible. How many followers do you have? 400. Well, 398. But I just posted asking if anyone could help me get to 400. 400? Imagine if we packed that many people in here. It would be actually extremely dangerous, and the city would shut us down. And then we'd get a reputation and get famous and rich. You, you, who are you? Oh, I'm XX22CoolGuy22XX on Twitter, uh, but my name is Cameron. How would you like to be our new social media manager? Well, I don't even live in this city, and I'd really rather get my car fixed. Whatever they're paying you at your job, we'll, we'll double it here. Well, I'm making zero dollars a week being unemployed, and I don't qualify for unemployment because my high school aptitude test said I was unemployable, and the state of Massachusetts officially labeled me a lost cause. I tried to find a job, but they said I'm not allowed to, because basically it's double jeopardy to try and prove I'm employable, since the state has already taken me to court to prove I'm not. Okay, well, those fucked up East Coast laws don't apply in the Midwest, where we treat people with dignity. How does $2 below minimum wage sound? I mean, I'd still rather fix my car. Well, you shouldn't have popped your tires again. I only have one tire to give you, and it could be ages before another tire shipment comes to these shores. I'm afraid all I can offer you for your labor is money. Classic green money. If I make enough money, maybe I can buy some black market tires or build my own. Aren't you scared I'll leave when I do? What if we give you one free beer every week so you never want to leave? Okay, I guess that's better than going back home to everything and everyone I've ever known in this world. That's right. While Nika was threatening strangers into low-wage jobs, our rivals across the street were plotting their own devious business deeds. One of the millionaire co-owners of Cube, Ruby Fairbank, was scheming some stuff to try and ruin us. 
I hate the local character of this neighborhood. The culture and traditions of these fucking hosers are frightening to me because of how foreign they are. Their local businesses simply must be eradicated. The humble street vendor who makes beaver tails from an old family recipe passed down from his grandmother who probably died in a tragic way. The independent theater that still keeps a sun-bleached poster of bone cop, bad cop in the window. They must perish. But the worst of all is that dump across the street, standard supply ale and dry goods. Their authenticity and local charm could undermine everything we're trying to accomplish here at Cube. And with years of experience in the live music business, there's no way they'll go down without a fight. But crush them, we must. The very future of mid-sized corporate chain entertainment venues is at stake. But boss, how can we hope to crush them? Silence, Toady. Rich and I have a plan. Yes, I think our friends at Standard Supply Ale and Dry Goods will soon find themselves in dire financial straits. <laughs> a plan, master? I'm not your master. I'm just a normal boss, although my cruelty is sometimes compared to that of a tycoon or a master. But yes, the fools at Standard Supply will be powerless to stop us. It won't be long before this entire neighborhood bows down to us, showering us with praise for revitalizing the community and bringing job opportunities in the entertainment sector. <laughs> so, this area here is the bar. But don't be fooled by the name. It's more like a long table that you serve drinks on, rather than, say, a, a gymnastics bar. Oh, wow. I am familiar with the concept of a bar. I honestly thought she meant a gymnastics bar at first. I appreciate the clarification. It would be very hard to serve drinks on a gymnastics bar, but necessary to reward our nation's great athletes for a job well done. Anyway, if you look over there in the corner, there's the stage. So that side of the room is the venue. But basically the bar and venue are just one big room. And by big room, I mean small room. Well, what about the room behind the bar? Oh, obviously that's where all the kegs and stuff are. And there's stairs back there leading up to Nika's office. There's also a green room right behind the stage. It's essentially a closet, but it's a spacious closet. It runs the whole length of the stage, which is that little elevated platform over in the corner there. So there's plenty of space for a band to stand around back there. Unless there are four or more people in the band. If there's two bands, they definitely won't fit. Or if someone wants to store a drum kit back there and an amp or two, well then, like, good luck hanging out back there. Oh, and also, as you can see, there's a window into the green room, so the audience can see you at all times. A band that wants to make a big entrance for an encore, they're going to have to duck. What's that handle on the stage wall? Oh, that's a, that's a Murphy bit, just in case anyone needs to spend the night here. But we've also got to warn drummers about it, because sometimes it pops open during a set and knocks them over. Okay, well, I'm basically homeless, so I might have to use the bed for a while. Okay, uh, there's also a hi-hat stand and a kick drum that a band left here if you need that for any reason. I guess I could use the kick drum as a nightstand. If Cameron's sleeping here, then I don't have to come in at 5 a.m. like you asked, Rena. <sighs> All right, but I still think you should be made to suffer in some way, just so you know I'm the senior bartender. Well, what if I'm not allowed to use the taps and you get to pour all the beers yourself? I would get so bored and be jealous. Okay. That's a good start. Are we supposed to finish showing them around the bar? We already explained it all. There's nothing cool left to see. What about that necklace sitting on the bar over there? That looks kind of cool. Oh, that's my favorite necklace. I never take it off. 
I must have taken it off earlier for some reason, though. It looks kind of eerie. It does look like an earring, but one that you wear around your neck that's way too big to go on your ear. It's like a priceless heirloom to me. If anyone tried to steal it or kill me and take it, I would die. Metaphorically. As a sound guy, that's how I feel about my soundboard. There's there's nothing more important to me than EQing a boomy floor tom. That's kind of bleak. Nah, I'm just fucking with you. I'm actually more of a musician than a sound guy. I play guitar in this post-rock band, Autumn's Journey Into Fall. I think our next album is really going to break through after a decade of toiling in obscurity. Wow. Hey, am I working right now? Because if not, I'm going to go try to find some tires to fix my car. There might be some in the trash somewhere. Oh, sure. I'll cover your shift, even though I'm already working one of my own. All right. An overflowing dumpster painted in the classic color of green. Smells like expired tires, too. That's a good sign. Don't you, uh, knock before you barge in? Huh? What are you doing in there? Who are you? I'm Robellion, but people call me Rob. You know, from the band Google Sweatshops. Maybe you've heard of us. No, man, I'm just trying to find some used tires for my car. Well, you're out of luck. My friends and I at the Google Sweatshops Anarchist House have combed through every dumpster in the neighborhood for anything rubber to turn into DIY tires. You know, even a used condom can make a good tire if you know what you're doing. Most people throw away perfectly good stuff just all the time. I mean, most of this stuff in here is just garbage. I can see why you'd think that. But this old pizza can be eaten like a perfectly new pizza. And even this poison splattered all over the place can be turned into a perfectly good jar of poison. You just have to be thrifty. All right, well, I've already got as much poison as I need, but I could use a few tires. Is there any way I could buy some from you? Mm, someday, yes. But the first batch is reserved for members of our collective. And the second batch will be used as props for our van's live shows. So you can get on the waiting list for the third batch if you would like, but you'll have to put in about 15 hours a week at our community garden. Man, I'd rather just buy some with cash. The classic green kind, which is worth money. <laughs> Maybe some of the capitalist establishments around here are still clinging to the idea that the government can assure your cash is valuable. But look around you. The government can't even affix a crack in the road. Do you think they could really guarantee their legal tender will be valuable tomorrow? Or the next day? Yeah, I mean, it was fine earlier today when I used it to buy tires, but I broke those once, and I need more. Well, our mutual aid network is only open to those who want to make a real contribution to this community. Good luck with your fiat currency when the government crumbles and the earth melts. All right, man. Uh, I guess if the earth melts and I still need to drive my car, I'll hit you up about growing some carrots. Oh, we've got a customer. Charles, this is your time to shine. Am I still working? Yeah, stand behind the bar or you'll look unprofessional. Yo, what'll you have today, my man? Just an uh, ice-cold Budweiser beer on the rocks for me. Okay, great. How many rocks do you want that beer on? Uh, eight, please. Wow. These cubes will ensure that your beer is cold as the driven snow. I will proceed to pour your beer from the tap just as soon as I put these ice cubes in the glass. Stop being weird and narrating your life. Just make sure it's ice cold with a frothy foam on top, just the way they show it on TV. If it doesn't match the picture on TV, the customer will be disappointed. Because they learned about Budweiser beer from TV, and if the real thing doesn't live up to the hype, they will be sad and never try beer again. That's right. You're catching on quick. Okay, sir. Here is an ice-cold Budweiser beer for your enjoyment. Thank you. Now I will sip it in silence while sitting here at the bar alone by myself. 
Now he's narrating his life, too. He must have picked it up from you. Yeah, fine by me. Uh, so Reyna, are there any good local bands in Little Canada? Well, in the 2000s, there were about three bands, and they each had 17 members. And some of them are still around, but these days, the newer artists all try to be more American and don't really stand out as uniquely Canadian-American. Okay, good, because I'm not Canadian, but I'm thinking of starting a band around here. Just trying to figure out who's going to be in it. Because I might ask my friend who played in Rage of Consent, whose cousin was the drummer in Piss Monkey, and for a few months he crashed on the couch of this guy who went on to be pretty big in Abraham Smokin', and his friend from the Exploding Donkey Occurrence who opened for them on the East Coast once, he's friends with my friends in the Fellstriker Boys, and he told me once that if I ever needed a guitarist, I could ask that guy from the Munchies who also played in the Edible Pizza Jamboree in the early 2000s, and plus his friend in the Scary Werewolves and Green Day, Illinois is like a really great drummer, probably one of the best in the city, so like, maybe they'd be looking to do a project together, but if not, I could hit up this guy from the Rockin' 48s who also played guitar for Dex, Rottweiler, and the Mean Puppies on tour and so maybe he'd be down to do something like that like kind of like what he did for them but also i mean i could get in touch with my friend who splits a practice space with adult shorts and the howlin honeys because his friend who plays bass in butt throat has this side project called fentanyl's klein that's really rad and maybe he'd be down to play on some stuff uh-huh wow you must know a lot about music yeah i mean i own 99 cds the maximum amount you can have without upgrading your inventory and I know how to play every note on the guitar. Well, I don't know much about music, but I know a lot about the music business. The name is Rich Fairbank. You've got quite the operation here. You've got to figure a local institution like this place is packed on the weekends. You might think that, but you would be wrong. This place has too much local character, so nobody likes to come here. The locals would rather go to Eastside Mario's up the street, and the non-locals want to go somewhere fun. So really, nobody likes this place. But surely the bands that come through here drive a lot of business. We only have one band booked this month, Squire Tub. They're playing on Friday. Ha! This Friday? This Friday, you say? Well, let's hope you've sold a lot of tickets in advance, because I'm opening up a little venue of my own, and our first show is on Friday as well. It's a little place called Cube. Perhaps you've heard of it? You bastard! You're the one who's trying to ruin the local flavor and character of this place! <laughs> That's right. But I'm sure everyone will have fun at the Friar Tub Show or whatever. However, across the street, at precisely the same time, we will be hosting the great Angel Valentine, whose hit song, Valentine for My Angel, is currently at number one on the charts. N number one? No way! Here. I've got a copy of the charts with me right now, as a matter of fact. Take a look for yourself. Uh, it can't be. How can we compete with the number one artist on the charts? How indeed. Well, I'm just about done with my Budweiser beer. Uh, the suds were nice and frothy, and the ice cubes were cold as ice. Oh, thank you, sir. You'll see that I tipped 200% on $3, but uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be nice. At Cube, the same beer costs $9. I just thought I'd show you what it's like to run a real business. But I'm sure you know just how to run this bar right into the ground. <laughs> see you later. Okay, see you later. Bye. Shit. What are we going to do? If the number one artist on the charts plays at Cube this Friday, there's no way we can compete. We need to start our own band to go to number one on the charts, and we need to do it by Friday. There's no time. What if we put up a bunch of flyers around the neighborhood saying that Squire Tub is really good and, and you should come see them? That'll never work, but I have a much better plan. 
We need to organize. Let's protest the opening of this corporate Bama trying to snuff out the life from our local neighborhood. If we can mobilize hundreds in the streets, it'll be too embarrassing for Angel Valentine to play that show. He'll have to cancel. And when the fans demand their refunds, we'll hit that cube guy right where it hurts. His pride. What about his pocketbook? His pocketbook is the thing he's most proud of. Rich guys always have pocketbooks. That's their greatest weakness. But how are we going to organize? I'm new here. I don't know anybody. Leave it to me. I'm friends with this band slash anarchist collective called Google Sweatshops. They'll know how to pull this off. There's no tires in this fucking city. The only rubber thing I could find at the store was condoms, so I bought 10,000 of them. If I could put a couple thousand on each wheel, maybe they'll work like tires. I think condoms are latex, not rubber. It's the same thing. Anyway, can someone help me put these on my car? Oh, sure. Beats working. Okay, I got one of those things where you put it under the car and it lifts it up a little, so it's easier to put on tires or condoms. Oh yeah, a jack. I only know that because there was this band called The Jacks that had a music video of them changing a tire outside a skate park, and then the twist is that it's Thurston Moore's tire, and the cops show up and kick them out of the skate park because it's closed for Memorial Day. Fucking pigs. I'm guessing that band was from around here? Nah, I don't really know many of the local Little Canada bands. I'm sort of thinking of starting something myself, though. Sick. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing a solo album, but I'm always looking for other projects. Man, this guy just came into the bar a minute ago. He owns that cube place across the street. He said Angel Valentine is coming through on Friday. You know, the guy who's number one on the charts right now. Maybe we could put together a band and get an opening spot at that show. I checked online and there's no openers listed. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. I don't want to play in a shitty-ass venue like Standard Supply. Yeah, I bet the Angel Valentine show will sell out easy, too. Maybe if the owner drops in for a beer again, we can ask him about playing. Okay, well, we're gonna have to work quick. We need to decide on a name and some cool outfits and get a tour van and one of those custom kick drum logos, and then we'll have to make a song. It doesn't seem like these condoms are gonna fit. Yeah, they keep snapping when they get halfway over the tire. Are you sure these are the biggest ones? Yeah, I asked which ones would fit best on a car and they gave me these. Maybe they thought you meant fit on the tailpipe, not the wheel. Yeah, I'm not sure. This isn't gonna work though. If I'm really stuck here, I guess instant success in a new band is my only way out. We gotta play that show on Friday. Yeah, even if we only write one song, we can just loop it for a half an hour. Oh, or we could do a really long noise intro and outro. Or tell the audience about our political beliefs. Yeah, and if we can't write a song by then, we'll just make one up on stage. Or we could just do a set without any songs. We'll figure it out. Now I'm down 10,000 condoms and my car still won't run. Maybe you can forage for more in the dumpster. Nah, some other guy already did. I'm just not going to think or do anything about it anymore. Well, I'm having a good day. We even had a customer. Yeah, and he wants to destroy our business. But he seemed nice otherwise. Besides, it's his dream to destroy us. We shouldn't stop him from his dream, even if it ruins our livelihood. Well, my new dream is to crush his dreams, so it cancels out. My dream is to pour beers for the customers. That can't really be your dream. Okay, well, I guess my real dream is to go to space. Like, be an astronaut? Nah, not really. Like fly on a SpaceX kind of thing for rich guys? No, just in general, to go to space. It sounds fun. My dream is to win a Grammy for the band with the coolest masks. Wow, none of your dreams are gonna come true. Especially not now, cause I've got some bad news. I was just working on the numbers, running them, crunching them, and it's not good. We have to cut back on expenses if we want to stay afloat. I think if we stop ordering beer for a month, we'll be good. 
But without beer, what will we serve to the customers? Hopefully, we won't have any customers, so we don't have to disappoint anybody. But if we do, we can dissolve some bread in a cup of sparkling water. Anyone dumb enough to come in here probably won't know the difference. I think it's important for a bar to serve beer. Maybe we could just stop hiring instead. We just increased our staff from three to five people. That's a 66.6% increase, which is technically the most demonic amount of increase you could have. Don't lecture me about business, Reyna. You would be nothing without me. When you started here, you thought that Miller Lite had a bold taste that finishes clean and Budweiser had a great taste that's less filling instead of the other way around. Imagine if you were still going through life with those kinds of misconceptions. No other bar would hire you. Well, to be honest, I don't think any other bar would hire you as the owner. You basically just get lucky playing poker to keep this place going because you don't know how to make money in a normal way. You've been testing me all day, Reyna. You're lucky I'm so nice. If you told Steve Albini that poker isn't a legitimate way to keep a business running, he'd kill you. Or fire you, at least. Steve Albini plays poker? I always thought he would be interested in Jack White, Queens of the Stone Age, King Buzzo, and Ace Fraley. But instead, he's interested in Jacks, Queens, Kings, and Aces on the poker table. That's right. Playing poker is a fine way to run a business, but the only way you're ever gonna learn is a demonstration of my business acumen. Let's play a high stakes game of Hold'em right now. You and me, heads up. It's the only way you'll ever learn. Okay. Did you just straighten your shoulders and stand as tall as you can? I don't think she knows what heads up means. <laughs> That's fine, this won't take long. Don't you usually need money to play poker? I, I don't have any money since you don't pay me enough. Hmm, okay, well, how about this? You can wager your necklace. But that's the only thing that's priceless to me, which means it's worth zero dollars, but it's also precious to me, so it feels like it should be worth something. Yeah, well then, to make things fair, I'll wager the most precious thing to me, this business. Well, okay, but I really hope I don't lose. Honestly, winning sounds a lot more fun. Then you better win. Dan, deal us in. It's lucky I left two stacks of poker chips lying around for just such an emergency. Okay, Raina's dealer and post big blind, Nika's small blind. Before I look at my cards, can I cash out now so I don't lose? No, in fact, I'm gonna raise you double blinds. Okay, well, I guess I'll put in the same amount of chips as you did. Okay, here's the flop. Ace of hearts, king of hearts, king of clubs. I'm all in. You feeling lucky, Reyna? No, but I already put some chips in earlier and I don't want to lose them, so I will just put in all of mine as well. Okay, I've got a full house. Oh, I should show you my cards now. I have two twos. A pair of twos? Weren't you scared by what you saw on the board? Huh? Can we use those cards? What did you think those cards were for? I thought it was just for fun. I don't know. Okay, well, let's see the rest. That's a two of clubs on the turn and a two of diamonds on the river. Raina wins. Wow, I can use those ones too? This game is easier than it looks. This is bullshit. You'll never get that lucky again. Let's go double or nothing. Double or nothing? You have a second bar you can give me? No, but uh, I'll give you an IOU for another bar if you win. Better than this one. I think I would rather keep the bar I have. Thanks for playing though. It was fun and I learned a lot. Now I see why you like this. It was such a rush. How could it be a rush if you didn't understand what was happening? Well, it was a rush afterward, when I got a free bar. Now that you're in charge, can we all get a raise? No. First, we need to get our finances in order. 
My first act as owner is to reverse Nika's no beer policy. From now on, we will have $10 beer night. If you bring in a beer, we'll give you $10 for it. That way, we don't have to go to the beer store anymore to stock up, and we can just stay here all day and hang out. Cameron, go post about this on social media. I just made our Twitter account an hour ago, and we have zero followers. I guess there's no harm in posting about it if no one sees it. <sighs> From now on, things are going to be very different around here. No, wait, wait, what am I going to do? Do I still have a job? Yes, you can be the manager. You get to do all the stuff you used to do, except I can overrule you on anything at any time because I'm the owner. Okay, well, then my first act as manager is to go win some money playing poker. No, we have to start running this like a real business. Go figure out some tax write-offs we can abuse. Maybe if we ignore our financial problems, they'll just go away. What if we make a secret account and whenever we swipe a customer's card, the money goes there? And then on our real books, we charge every beer we sell to our own company card, so it looks like every beer sold is an expense to the company and not a profit. That's a pretty good idea. Nika, your job's in trouble if you don't start having ideas like this. Can I be promoted to senior bartender for my idea? No, I'm still the senior bartender slash owner. The bar is the only thing I know how to tend. I'd have no purpose without it. Okay, Reyna, we'll do this your way. Have fun running the business. I'm sure you'll know just how to run it. Right into the ground. Some guy already said that one earlier. Nevertheless, the second you fail, I'll be right here ready to buy this place back from you for pennies on the dollar. I'll make you pay. I'll make you all pay. Hmm. All right. Crushing those fools at Standard Supply Ale and Dried Goods will be even easier than expected. They don't have a clue what they're doing. But we have to be careful. A venue with that much local charm and character could prove dangerous. Maybe their management is incompetent now, but you never know what a venue like that is capable of with the right leadership. Yes. That is why we won't stop until all of them are dead. We will crush their skulls. Uh, maybe we can crush their dreams instead. But suppose their dream is to stay alive. That would mean we have to kill them. You see, it's basically the same thing, however we approach it. Um, uh, I think we should just drive them out of business and then play it by ear from there. Fine, we'll do it your way. But a skull-crushing device would be tax-deductible as long as we say we need it for a concert. That will be plan B. For now, let's move on with plan A. Destroying their business by hosting the number one artist on the charts. Yes. No competitor can withstand the power of a number one artist. How ironic that the night of our first show shall be their last. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it. Uh-huh. <laughs>